Oh my God. Hey, to anybody who might be there. Welcome to Super Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) We're having Oprah vibes now. Don't do that. Yes. (laughs) I'm going to have some crackpot spiritual guru on to discuss something. (laughs) We should indeed. Let's really switch it up. (laughs) Do you know how many times I've like, looked at certain people that do these like guru things and been like, you know, I'm not a wholly unattractive white woman. I can speak in a soothing voice. Why do I have morals that keep me from? (laughs) That could be your gimmick. That could be your shtick. That could be your way to the path to wealth. I feel like I could become a cult leader if I really. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. You would just have to like lighten your hair just a little bit. Maybe get some highlights to really sell it, to really sell it. If I could become like a blonde, though, you know, the teal swan has got the henna dyed hair. So maybe I just. That's what I'm saying. Like just, just highlights, you know, just lighten it a little bit, just a little lift, a little lift. Somehow Mm -hmm. we'd have to like, uh, like just remove all morals from like my moral compass. Basically, basically. Are they still doing electric shock therapy? Are they still doing that? Oh, yeah, they still do that. Yeah. Maybe I can shock it out of my brain. Exactly. Exactly. We got a plan. We got a plan. (laughs) How gonna make millions, Naomi? It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna make sure that when when things start to get rough, I gotta find somewhere without an extradition treaty. Just go there, Boom. you know. There you go. Whole, there's a whole there you go, and there. then just revert back to how you used to look, and nobody, no one will be the wiser. No one, no Talk one. My regular. It's mean funny voice. because it's true. It is true. It's, it's funny totally because it's it. true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm a little old now, though. I should have started like in my mid twenties. No, I feel like this is <laughs> Excuse potentially me. the right age yeah. for a yes for a particular category of people. Even the as ones, a woman, yes, because here's why: it is for the ones who never really quite found their sense of self and are Ooh. still seeking someone to help guide them to help them figure out who am i what's my purpose so i can pick up the drugs like that's the left people but left a, behind but it's a lot of drugs though it's a lot that's like true. it's a huge that's number <laughs> all right so Talk i'm about. not here anymore it's because i yeah, started exactly. my cult exactly so <laughs> finally not have to work live in the lap of luxury right and then when it all comes crumbling down you write a book about it and then make more millions off the book Mm -hmm. hello and Mm -hmm. then you do workshops Mm -hmm. to help people so they don't fall into the trap exactly then i become the counselor to get people out exactly see you go from being a terrible person to the helper this is the trajectory of how it all works We got this planned. I'll bring you along for the ride. You know what's so funny? If this hasn't been done a thousand times before, we wouldn't even know how to like, this is why it's so easy to piece it together. It's been done. I've watched so many too times. many documentaries about this. I've exactly. got a plan in order. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Welcome to Sunday. Welcome to Sunday. Welcome to a TBR load of laughs. Yes. That one day somebody will join us on. Well, they, you know, get, get with it, people. Get, get in here. <laughs> You're missing the fun. Get in here. I'm kind of excited. You founding cult member. <laughs> you could. You could. Write your checks, too. <laughs> I have a P.O. box. Cash app us, Venmo, all of the good stuff. So, yeah. Yes. I'm excited about today's live. Me, 
too. Yeah. I feel like I've been going live a lot, which is kind of fun. I Yeah, you have been. I think that's great. Yeah. Because you're getting in a nice little writing rhythm, it seems like. Yeah. So you're building up some consistency for yourself, which is what you were struggling to do, especially at the height of the, pandemic, of the pandemic when you had just really no time. It's just fumes. Everything like Yeah, just fumes. there what was time. So now you're getting into a nice little groove there. Yeah. 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 Now, if I can only learn to write above a fourth grade level, that would be great. Oh, please. And wait, when is Nano again? Nano's November? Yeah, all in November. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to do it like, so traditionally it's got a very strict structure, which is that you write 50,000 words in 30 days, 31 days, however many days are in November. Okay. And I don't think that's, that's not really feasible. Um, Okay. I almost got there. Plus I'm not ready to like, I want, I'm not ready to abandon this work and project and start a whole new one. Makes sense. So I've got about 47 something written already. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to try to use all of the writing sprints and things that are happening in like mm-hmm. the writing community online uh, during Nano to edit and finish. Because I really am like somewhere just on the, the precipice of the third act of this book and yeah. I need to finish drafting it. So that I can actually make it good. Okay. Maybe okay. when I get a few chapters, you know, like in a million years, when those I have a couple chapters that aren't awful, I'll let you see it. <laughs> I'm excited. Right now, it's terrible. I have a feeling it's just going to read like a CW show. And sometimes I feel like because Ooh. we read so many like um, highbrow, like super smart books that I feel really inadequate writing oh. this. But then I remember how much people love... Just dinner vipers. Yeah. And like like for the freaking mindfuck series is so poorly written. And or the Shadow so, series, people yeah, like people, love it. Yeah. So like I'm like trying to be kind on myself, but I think you that need that's to hard. be. I know it is hard, but just try your best to not put that kind of pressure. Honestly, dropping Oscar Wilde into the Hemingway editor and seeing that he also writes at fourth grade level made me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was Me? like, awesome. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Oscar. Yeah. I think I think you're doing really well. I mean, look, the, the bottom line is really you want to get this book done. In order to do it, you got to be consistent mm-hmm. and you've built some consistency into your schedule. So regardless of all the other stuff, you're on the right track to getting yeah. to the place you want to be, which is yeah. having a completed book. Yeah. And then and it's not easy. It's not easy. And then comes the whole debacle of trying to figure out how to self-pub. One day we yeah. should have an episode about self-pub. But hang on a minute. So is that your goal? Did you are you just automatically boom? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna self-pub. I'm not gonna try to yeah. go the traditional route. Okay. Yeah. I mean unless but what if you found an indie publisher that you really like? Would you yeah. submit to them? Yeah. But not okay. I don't think I'd be like, hey Tor, do you want my terrible book? I mean, hell, if your book, you know, gets published and does well anyway, they're going to come to you anyway. Yeah, this is true. what they do now. So that's true. I don't yeah. think that I think that the landscape's very different than when self-pub was like first. <sighs> oh, heck yeah. Scene. So, yeah. But I would really like to do an episode where we talk about self-publishing and because um, it's, it's very interesting to me, the whole world of, of self-pub. And like, I didn't realize that you have to buy an ISBN and then I didn't realize that like ISBNs in the US are like 
50, 60% higher than if you go to like Australia. Um, so there's, and we then just the, interviews, talk to some yeah, and the margins, and UK based self pub authors. And the margins you know? are interesting. I was watching somebody's TikTok and it's like the margins on selling your book on TikTok are higher than going through Ingram Sparks, which is like the distributor for yeah. if you want to go into like bookstores yeah. or at least for this one author they were. Is there like a strategy? Like how, like I have so many questions. I think it would be really fascinating to to Ooh. even just like make a panel of people that so wait so they were saying like find out what they're selling doing. directly like yeah so they were saying saying get, that they they have their books on Amazon uh-huh. and their margins are higher like they make more money on their books selling on Amazon which is like counterintuitive because everybody normally says or all I've ever heard before is like you know, don't buy from Amazon because Amazon loses money. Right. And it's in, that was like, oh, interesting. Is it just that one indie author that right. I was watching? Or is this something that everybody sees? Like, are the fees for Ingram Sparks so high that you just end up making literally pennies on the dollar for your book? Right. Oh, this is very interesting. Isn't that like we need to have this conversation? Oh, we absolutely we need do. To, like, get, I have like a couple people in my head that we could reach out to. Talk to. We absolutely. I think it would be do. really interesting to have just like literally a little panel, like a self-help yes. panel, and just hit people with our questions. <laughs> I so yeah. We're just gonna we're just gonna vomit a bunch of questions at you, and we want to know what's the deal. What's for real? <laughs> oh yeah, we're making that happen. Stay tuned, uh-huh. folks. That's coming up. It's fascinating. That's coming up. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, sipping your tea. <laughs> hmm. Well, <laughs> ma'am, what have you been reading? Or what have you just finished? Well, um, I am currently reading Everyone Knows Your Mother is a Witch by Riv- Rivka Galchin. I can't say I, uh, that is said wrong. So I kept seeing this all over my Instagram feed Mm -hmm. and I realized like recently because it's spooky season. Mm -hmm. And so Picador, I think, is who publishes it here in the States. And so like I forget their feed. Like it's just constantly somehow in every carousel there's. Yeah. And I realized that I own it. So I was like, let me, oh, that's funny. let me read it. So like, this is the book. Do you remember I went to the book bar in a while back and we didn't realize it was closing in like two minutes. So oh, yes. Had, like supermarket sweeps of, yes. of, of book buying. So I, this was literally the book I had in my hand when the lady was like, we're closing. And so I ran <laughs> and, and like had her tally up my books so I could do it. And so like, here we are. Uh, it's actually interesting so far. It is kind of what I, it's kind of like a more approachable mm-hmm. the manning tree witches do you remember that book i that do came out recently i do so this is about a woman who gets accused of being a witch and you're going through her trial and you're going through all of the things mm-hmm. that, like her family and the thoughts and what happens sort of when you get accused of being a witch but it's done in a much more approachable 
and easy to digest and understand manner yeah. than I think the Manning Tree Witches was done. The Manning Tree Witches is very good. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's stylistically, it's, it's not going to be something that everybody's going to be able to gravitate towards. Yeah. So like this, I feel like if you tried to get into the Manning Tree Witches and you were like, oh no, I can't try this book. It's really, it's really interesting so far. Mm-hmm. And I, and I like our main character. I think she's funny. Like <laughs> she's like this illiterate old lady that everyone keeps trying to like one woman was annoyed with her. So of course she's like, she's a witch. And that turns into a whole thing. And like, it's just, it's crazy that, you know, it's all the things that, you know, we know about with witch hunts and all of that, you know, women yeah. of any, with any sort of intellect or non-biblical understanding of the world, mm-hmm. you know, like scientific understanding, I guess is what I mean, before there's any idea of what science is. You know, if you make a tincture to help somebody, but then you somehow also s- still get sick, suddenly you're a witch instead right. of helping, you were poisoning them, exactly. you know, that whole thing that whole chestnut that that women can't get escape from you know so it's yeah not the best description of this book but i think yeah i feel like russell has talked about that book and talked about enjoying that book i feel like he talked about the manning tree witches but he probably did he did talk about that book as well this This was yeah because i feel like the Manning Tree Witches was a little bit harder to connect with, at least for me. Yeah, I remember language. you talking about that when you were as you were reading it. It was hard because like I enjoyed it, but I also didn't. There was like distance yeah. between me and the text. And this is a lot more um it's just a lot easier to to get into and, and connect with for me. Yeah. So I feel like there's probably other people that felt that way. And this if you want that kind of story, right. this is a good alternative. Huh, interesting. Okay. And it's spooky season. It is spooky season. And I gotta tell you, like my 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 first two uh spooky reads were just a complete dud. Oh yeah, you have like a rough start to spooky season. I've been just like living my best life over here and you're like, yeah. I hate these books. I don't know why I made you like Smeagol, but Yeah, I hate them. Yeah, the first, I mean you know, it, it turned around. It turned around for sure. But the first two I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about one. Mm -hmm. So one is a book that I've had on my shelves for at least three years, and it's Unraveling Oliver by Liz Nugent. Okay, I didn't even know what that was when you were telling me about it. It's been on my shelves for a long time, and I was like, you know what? This year, I'm going to read it. Because honestly, when I, you know, skimmed the synopsis when I first bought it, I was like, I think think this is going to be like the one for me. So... Oliver, we open with Oliver. And then it wasn't. Okay. It's like when we chose our husbands. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Ooh. Although, sometimes you know you're doing the wrong thing at the time you're doing it, and you just do it anyway. You still do it. You still do it. Uh, That's called being stupid, people. (laughs) That's all All right. right. So, we uh, open with Oliver. He's married, and he's uh, gotten into a there's been a domestic violence incident, okay, with he and his wife, and he did not murder her, but she's basically comatose. And so this book goes between Oliver talking about his past, how he grew up, you know, things he dealt with with his father, and it also goes through hearing from various people 
um, from Oliver's life and they describe like what their relationship was with him, uh, how he acted, things like that. It almost felt like a documentary, you know, when mm-hmm. it, it, there's a documentary about a murderer or, a, you know, almost murder. And you're like talking to all these people from their past, you know, to kind of like figure out were there signs, right? Were there signs <laughs> that we all miss something? That's kind of what this was like. And I just got to be so brutally honest and tell you that this just did not hit for me. Something about something about this book just felt very blah. Mm-hmm. But but it should have like with how this book is built, it it should have been something that I was totally down for. But it wasn't. It just it did not click for me. It was I don't really know what it was. I it wasn't pacing. I think the story was there, but it just did not grab me enough for me to really have any real interest in what was going on. It's not that it was too slow or too fast. It wasn't any of did that. You but listen to something it? wasn't clicking. Did you listen to it? Yeah. Do you think it was the audiobook? No, I thought the audiobook was pretty good. I was at work and you know, I knew this was something that I could listen to while I'm still working. Mm-hmm. Um, so the audiobook was good, but I don't know. It was just fine. I, but I I do think a lot of people would like this book. I just think it didn't click for me. I, but I, I haven't nailed down the exact but, reason. But I do think a lot of people would like it. So I'm still recommending it. Yeah, I mean, I Oliver. Think- I think that happens often where, you know, they just don't work for one person and then some other person. Yeah, because okay. like I said, you know, the you story is the there. merit in the story. So Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. that was Unraveling Oliver by Liz Nugent. Oh, well, they all can't be winners. They sure can't because neither was the truth, but that's a conversation for another day <laughs> i'm very curious about your um experience with the troop and i've had it on my shelves for a while and i need to see how i like it because after i yeah. finished nos for two i was like well is this one gonna be good oh yeah yeah i remember that i get angry when i see people be like nos for two is just like it's this amazing everyone says that that's joe hill right mm-hmm. i've only read one joe hill book and that was Oh, the title was escaping me. Something, something box. Heart shaped box. Yeah. Um, Heart shaped box. I just, I just, my question to, did everybody just miss the blatant misogyny? Is that why you like it? Because I don't think anyone cares about that. (laughs) Probably because it's so prevalent in books anyway. It's like, oh, that's just another, you know, know, But sometimes it's irritating to me. Some people do it in a way that's so irritating. Well, that's true too. That's true too. Yeah. Anyway, that's not why we're here. I've I've done a whole vlog on that. We don't need to go any further. I know. On that, on that I know. We're you here to talk it. about I didn't ha- the one of loneliness, which you know it took me a while to even start. I just could not. I was reading so many other things that I was just mm-hmm. so into, and it was just really hard to pick this up. But once I did, I was in it yeah. to win it. I guess I could see it because also like this is a very different story than most of the stories we've been reading really mm-hmm. like, I think both of us especially going into the beginning of like October as we got closer to October we were reading a lot more like seasonal reads <laughs> yeah and you know I'm still read. I'm still like I'm doing good with my arcs I'm reading my arcs so yeah but I have I, quite a few pages dog-eared in here I have a lot of tabs I One of our listeners just passed out when I said dog-eared. I know it. 
I, I do that as well sometimes. It depends on yeah. if I have flags nearby. Yeah, which um, I didn't for the whole time reading this book for whatever reason, but yeah. Yeah. So what were your initial impressions reading The Well of Loneliness? And I'm going to learn how to make words articulate with my mouth while, while you do that. My initial impression uh, is that it was a very well-written story. I had a very intense feeling that something just dreadful was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm glad it didn't happen. Like I thought, I was thinking some really bad things. I, I thought I was going to get to the end and be just completely devastated in a way there was no coming back from. Yeah. And I'm really happy it didn't end in the way that I thought it was going to end. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed the story. It was yeah. very heartbreaking though. It is very, very frustrating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I knew that there was going to be no happy ending because that is how these stories traditionally have been written. Right. Um, and most queer characters um, are, are somehow um, tragic in, mm -hmm. you know, more classic literature. I, you know, yeah. if I think about Mrs. Danvers and Rebecca, which you've never read and you need to read, she is, um, and even Rebecca is a little bit, um, there's, there's a question of whether or not she has um, uh, affairs with women as, as in addition to men. So it's, those characters are both very tragic. They meet tragic ends. They have, they don't end up having a happily ever after or yeah. happily for now, or even a content mm -hmm. character arc. And so I knew that was coming. But I still was, I mean, you want it to work for Stephen and um, Mary, yeah. right? Mary. Mary. Mm -hmm. um, you want it to work out for them. Yeah. But you know how much the cards are stacked against them. And I think that though there are things in this book that don't really hold up well over time. I mean, mm -hmm. the way that certain racist statements just like come out of nowhere and punch oh, you in the yeah. face. I got that like, part and I was like, oh, this is what Alyssa was talking because about. Because okay. it is not a like, <laughs> it is, and there's like two moments where that happens. And like, yeah. and they're just so sort of over the top, I feel like. And, mm. the, and it hasn't existed throughout most of the story. So yes. that when it comes, it's startling. Right. Because you forget that even though you're talking about another marginalized group, Mm -hmm. There's still hierarchy of marginalized groups. Well, it's still a particular time. Yes. So mm -hmm. you're still in the 1920s. Exactly. And even though you are a queer woman, you are still a white queer woman. <laughs> so you're going to have. Who has means? Who has, Who means. has means? So you have certain. Yeah. Feelings. <laughs> thoughts, inclinations exactly. uh, towards other people in this world. So it's, it's, you know, it was shocking for me. It was, it was, I, I mean, it was out of nowhere. I mean, it was I, just I like, totally get what you were saying. You were it was like, like left we're, we're just going along and all of a sudden it's like, you know, blah, in like, your what? face. Yeah. 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 Like, you chose to drop that now. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was a little alarming. It was alarming. It yeah. was abrasive. I mean, um, I would have been more alarmed had you not already kind of like given you a heads know, up like, that it was coming. Something's coming. Mm hmm. But I mean, it, I mean, it does remind you that this is what the times were like. That oh, yeah. it, it was just so a modern, like a, a current reader, like a, 
during that time period mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have been shocked by oh, no, not that at all. statement at all. They were be so wrapped up in like the lesbianism of it all. And right. that would be the thing that would have them clutching their mm-hmm. pearls. Who cares that you're being racist? Exactly. The lesbians. Exactly. What about these two ladies? <laughs> yeah. These lesbians. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. I, I mean, Stephen was just so tragic to me. Um, I, I felt so bad for her, but I do love how Radcliffe Hall, because uh, this is sort of mirroring her own life experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I loved the, the discussion of wanting and feeling like they're a man and that it's not just having uh, a desire for another woman. She exactly. is really dealing with uh Things that we talk about so much today, like they are newfangled ideas mm-hmm. and that we have all these new terms for. Yeah. I mean, this is like a hundred years ago and people were still like this because it's not yep. new. For Exactly. Because as I was reading it, I was like, wow, like this is an old ass book, but it feels so timely. Mm-hmm. It feels so right now because it is also right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, I really well let let's 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 start at at the beginning because mm-hmm. I have so many complicated feelings about the dad oh, and the mother. Uh, the mother makes me angry. The um, mother really hurt me. The mother really stabbed me in my heart, and I just. I, but the dad, I. Mm. But I like at least she had her dad. You know, her dad tried mm-hmm. to understand her. And gave her like some sort of safe haven. I think. I mean, he, he gave did her understand confidence. Her. He did understand her. Mm-hmm. You know, he did more than try. He absolutely understood and accepted her, and he tried his best to put her in a position where she would be comfortable with herself and would have some semblance of a good life. Yeah. But the thing that really. And I guess I kind of, although it was frustrating, I, I felt bad for him because while he fully understood his daughter, he had such a hard time trying to figure out, well, now how do I tell her mother about this? How do I talk to my wife about this? And as we see in this book, he's he made certain decisions on a couple occasions where he had an opportunity to really broach this topic and he decided to go another way. Mm-hmm. And as frustrating as that decision was for me as the reader, but I also felt how he could be so conflicted. He loves his wife. He deeply loves his wife, but he also deeply loves, and I think is worried for Steven and wants the mother to understand like, no, you think you have this kind of child, but this is who Steven really is. And so I don't know. I think he knows that if he tells his wife, I think the fear is that he tells his wife their already strained relationship becomes what it ends up being. Cause she does mm. figure it out, you know, yeah. she gets the beans get spilled. So oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And, and, and what happens I think is what he probably feared would happen if he told her. So trying to figure out a way to avoid that inevitability. And that's how you just keep kicking it down the road until yeah. you've lost the ability to, to explain anything to the people yeah. you're leaving behind. Yeah. 
for sure. And and we see, you know, like even uh, Stephen as a child, and I know we have different versions, <coughs> uh, editions of this book. So, mm-hmm. but mine is on page seventeen, where uh, it says uh, sometimes when the child's heart would feel full past bearing, she must tell him her problems in small stumbling phrases. Tell him how much she longed to be different, longed to be someone like Nelson. She would say, do you think Mm -hmm. I could be a man? Supposing Mm -hmm. I thought very hard or prayed, father. And it's like, I think this book did a really good job at even showing like at such a young age, how Stephen was struggling with like, what's going on, you know, with Who me, am you I? know? Yeah. Like, and then like fighting against what others wanted her to be with what she was trying to figure out what she wanted to be. I mean, I, I think that was really written very well in here. You really understood her own personal uh, frustrations and, and suffering and trying to like grapple with who, who she is as a person. And I think it goes a long way to show that these are things that we are born feeling and they are not things that are thrust upon us by (laughs) social media, which didn't exactly, but like books or uh, movies, films, your peers, like you are are when you come out of this womb Mm -hmm. and into this world and how you change is through how you, res- the people around you respond to you. Right. So do you Absolutely. become a confident, happy person who is free to express themselves? Mm-hmm. Do you feel so othered that it leads you to despair? Like some of the ladies by the end of this book where they just feel like they can't go on. Mm-hmm. Um, do you f- like, it's not changing fundamentally who you are, your core. Right. Right. So, I really liked that that we started so far in the beginning and Absolutely. set this narrative up from the beginning of Stephen's life. Yeah, as Stephen being who she is. Exactly. Period. Period. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, yeah. can we have a side note on the audiobook? Why did she go, Stephen? Stephen. Okay, I'm so glad you brought However, that. the narrator, by the way, <laughs> Stephen is so irritating. Could you marry me, Stephen? I Steve just was Anne. like, why, why are we making this choice? But okay, so <laughs> I like, I, I went with the choice when it was our, our friend, the Southern lady, which mm-hmm. was a terrible Southern accent, but like, whatever, we're going yeah. with it. But when we got to France and people were still like non Southern people, yeah. American Southern people were going, yeah. Steve Ann. Yeah. No, nobody says that. It was a <laughs> bit much. Yeah. I'm glad we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was pretty comical. Pretty it was, comical. It was, yeah, because you'd be in the middle of like some pretty pivotal scenes and you're yeah. like, Steve, Steve Ann. Ann. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, oh God. that was funny. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. I hated it. Oh. Um, oh my gosh. I don't know what it, I mean, I feel like the mother really hurt me because like this idea that like, even from birth, like whatever that quote was, she felt like, you know, the, her, she repelled at her child at her breast. She was repelled yeah. by her own child, which, yeah. you know, one way you could read it, like she knew she was different. Maybe did Anna also have some postpartum? postpartum. I, mean, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, she didn't, they lose a few children. Wasn't this like, like, didn't it take a while for them to even have oh, yes. Stephen? And she yeah. wasn't even, they wanted the son. They didn't get the son. Not mm-hmm. only did they not get a son, but at the end of the day, she realizes she got a t- 
freaking lesbian. I mean, that's probably yeah. a lot for Anna to process. <laughs> yeah. And I think that although the father, I think he did a good job um, to let her know it's okay that we did not give birth to a boy. I still love mm -hmm. you. I still love this child, but I have a sneaky suspicion that in the back of her mind, she may have felt like she let him down by yeah. birthing a girl instead of a boy. Um, so I think some of that was happening there as well. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. And the mother upset me a little yeah. bit. Yeah, she really did. She really did. I just... I was trying to feel empathy for her and it was really, really hard for me too. Really hard. I think if it would have been explicitly stated that there were moments, there was there was some postpartum, which I don't know if in 1920s you even had the words to say right. postpartum. Maybe there would be a piece of me that had a little bit of sympathy for the mother for a moment. Like when they when they say those words about yeah. uh, the, the repulsion at her breast with her mm -hmm. big better breast, maybe I would feel more sympathy for the mother at that moment but overall no i don't have sympathy for the right mother. right she's their whole relationship it, it's it's not like she just had these issues and feelings when stephen was an infant these are feelings that carried on for their entire mother-daughter relationship yeah and so because of that it is very hard for me to feel anything for the mother where i would like give her a break do you feel like in the beginning, like in her, before she goes off to war mm -hmm. to be an ambulance driver, do you feel like the men around her in general were more accepting of her than any of the women in her life? Yes. And I thought I, that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, I think, I think women are afraid to break social norms, especially mm -hmm. during that time. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that they are, willing to find out what the potential backlash may be if they accept someone like Steven, whereas men don't give a crap. They're like, you're the a great part. horsewoman. Let's Ex go hunt. Exactly. Like you know, they, right. They make little wisecracks and jokes and, you know, it's all good for them. But for women, there are other implications that they are not really willing to risk finding out what they are exactly. Yeah. Like that neighbor friend, um, she's got the, the, the brother that is like her nemesis and uh, like the uh -huh. sister. Yeah. And when she's the, going the weak one, right? The yeah, weak they're going one. on. She cries yeah. at everything. <laughs> and she's going on and on about like, yeah. Stephen, what is your life if you don't have a husband? And I'm like, the bleh. right. Exactly. Pretty much great. Uh, like, right. <laughs> freedom. Yeah. But like, those are the norms that she's, I mean, that's what yeah. you're fighting, right? Like exactly. And I think like some of us are still fighting those things today. Like think of oh, all like the yeah. childless women that have to defend the fact that they chose to be childless. Like exactly. I don't believe that I chose to be childless, but I've accepted that I'm childless. But right. it's still like a weird world to navigate because the world doesn't like you don't have as much value as one of the breeding stock. Like, yeah, it's, we, st it, yeah, we still are doing a lot of the social norms today. Today. Like, it's crazy. It's, it is crazy. Like, it's crazy. You could contribute. Mm, anyway, that's not the point. <laughs> but that's, this is where I think Steven's dad did such a good job in building her up to be this independent person, free of, 
well, 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 knowing that she wasn't going to have your typical well-respected lady type of mm-hmm. life, and he gave her other things to build upon, and he nurtured other parts of her that were more important. And again, it's because he fully recognized who his daughter was. And I'm also glad that he left her some money. <laughs> I was going to say, because... we also can't, we can't ignore. No. The fact that she is a, a woman of incredible means. I mean, because he amount, knew there would be no husband, there'd be nobody to take care of her. Exactly. And oftentimes, men, the fathers, people, especially in England at that time, where you have entailments and primogenitor and all that mm-hmm. crap. I probably said that wrong, but you know what I mean. Where everything ends up going down through the men. It was. Yep. She was honestly lucky to have somebody that made sure that she was independent and could be independent exactly and could live how she wanted to live mm-hmm. um and she was lucky to have puddle i mean the fact that she had this Puddle's my heart this secret <laughs> i because i don't I did she ever realize that puddle was a lesbian too i, I feel like she, she never on, i think she yeah. caught on later but it took her a while because puddle was talking in riddles well because i think puddle is from a generation where you talked in riddles you just yeah you lived very quietly and you understood the potential dangers, maybe mm-hmm. is the way of saying it, of yeah. being out there with your inclinations. Exactly. But exactly. Stephen had the benefit and the privilege of wealth, which does allow you to be to get away with more things that go against social norms than, you know, anybody without means oh, can ever, yes. could ever do. I mean, having means is everything. I mean, it, it does determine whether you can really live life on your own terms or not. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, her father really, really set her up well. Uh-huh. And I just keep thinking, my goodness, what if the mom had been in charge? I mean, who knows? I, I guess she just would have been living at home or, may, or maybe not because we saw how that played out later on. I mean, honestly, I think if she didn't have the ability to take charge of her own life, she probably would have met very tragic ends. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, or maybe she would have ended up in like a marriage of convenience. Or that, most likely that. But I can't see like the way her character is, her doing that. No, she was very strong-willed. Because her person would have been Martin, and she was like, oh, no. Yeah. As, I thought we just were friends and talked about trees. What are you- <laughs> Right, what are you, what are you going what on What are you about? asking, my marriage? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, really, I really liked her personality. I thought she was great. I just could do with a little less of the Jesus, but that was, I think, part of it. I think that Mm -hmm. she struggled. I think it's interesting to watch this struggle between having piety and also being other. Mm -hmm. Because they don't go together. And they're in direct conflict with each other. Yeah, and I like that she said that often people like her are religious there was a Mm -hmm. whole passage she discusses how people like her are often religious and how there is this struggle to to deal with these two disparate uh, worlds feelings and and sort of you're always kind of unsettled because right your beliefs and who you are don't seem to to match up match up Mm -hmm. yeah 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 again like these are things people 
still struggle with. I, this is why I think this is yes. like this is like canonical feminist lit. Like yeah. this is not feminist lit, but like lesbian lit, queer yes. lit. Absolutely. You know, like queer people still deal with the struggle of, you know, having faith but not being fully accepted in their church. I mean, mm-hmm. these things still happen today. It's mm-hmm. that's why I was, again, like I was, I was always reading. I was like, we are still dealing with a lot of these issues. Like these things haven't been like solved and wrapped up nicely with a little bow. These are still current issues. Also, this book had me Google something because I was like, is this a real person? Oh, the, the old guy. Yeah, I had to Google. He is that a person. real person who did a lot of yeah. work. Yeah. Inverse. Yeah. Um, I didn't know they call him like the pioneer of sexology and that he is Mm -hmm. described as the first gay man in world history. I was like, oh, I would Mm -hmm. like to see some of those pamphlets. But um, yeah, I mean, but I think it it shows you like, I really feel like there's a group of people today that really feel like, you know, like gay is in and it's this new thing and you're like no these people have existed for as long as humanity has existed because exactly and and that is it they didn't just pop up because some gay book about penguins showed up when they were children like no exactly we are who we are exactly and and i think that's i think that might be why reading this and getting to those random points of racism was Mm -hmm. so jarring because so much of this rings so true to today Mm -hmm. that i wasn't my head like wasn't in a like 1920s like mindset for a lot of time like reading like reading east of eden every time they were racist i was like yeah yeah all right like i yeah i got it it's it's jarring but okay like it didn't make me stop in my tracks and like send you a message and be like what the fuck (laughs) right exactly yes is this the part about the mom I don't know, is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So there was that part that there was that part where Sir Philip and Anna, the mother and father, were talking about Stephen. And Anna was telling him, she says, she says, at times it makes me afraid. I can't tell you why, but it seems all wrong. It makes me feel strange with the child and he goes into the spill and he's like um uh there's nothing for you to understand but i like you to trust me in all things and he says i've wanted her to have a healthy body that's why i've let her run more or less wild but perhaps we better have a governess now as you say a french governess my dear if you prefer one later on i've always meant to engage a blue stocking some woman some woman who's been to Oxford. I want Stephen to have the finest education that care and money can give her. That This is that decision that he made when he could have just mm-hmm. really been honest with her about who Stephen was, but kind of diverted into something else. Basically just saying, just trust me. I know what I'm doing. We're going to get her the finest education, but that's still not really having that conversation about, look, this is who our child is. These are the kind of feelings that she's having these are the thoughts that she's thinking. That was his mm-hmm. opportunity um, to do so. Because yeah, really but- shortly after he dies. <laughs> oh yeah, spoiler, he dies. <laughs> you know? But you know, I think that he did not, you know, we don't make you know perfect choices throughout our lives, but he made some really good ones. 
He made a lot of good ones. Deciding to get her daughter educated in a time where it really wasn't necessary for your daughters to be all that educated. Mm -hmm. um, Beyond like, how do I run a home? How do I curtsy? How do I walk straight? How do I knit? Have manners. Hey, shut up. I knit. (laughs) Yeah, but you also do other things like work. (laughs) And read. (laughs) And read. But um, I mean, I think that he does his best and more than many fathers probably would have done Mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah, for sure. Do we want to talk about what's her lady's names? Angela Crosby, our little Steve Ann. Yeah, because that was a, that treacherous little name. (laughs) She was something else. Wasn't she? Uh, That was an interesting little series of events. I, that situation concerned me because Okay, you want to know what I thought was going to happen? What was her husband's name? Roger? Mm-hmm. Okay. I actually thought Roger was going to kill Stephen. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like something about that situation uh, started feeling very like wicked to me. Mm-hmm. I got very nervous and I thought that, or at least tr- or try to kill Stephen, but I just felt something very wicked in that situation and I was very nervous uh, because really the emotions were very, very high. Jealousies were high. And I was like, this is like a recipe for a disaster. I was afraid. I think why that didn't go as, as like devious as they planned as you had in your head is because at the end of the day, um, Appearance is everything, right? Especially if you are of a certain class. Yeah. So even though whatever Angela's MO is for having this whole affair and leading on Steven and all of that, whatever that was, when it finally comes out, mm-hmm. the most important thing is not to shout it from the rooftops. It's right. like damage control. So as much as he may have wanted to ruin her, uh, hurt her, yeah. do anything, it was better to inform the mother mm-hmm. and otherwise keep everything very quiet because yeah. nobody wants that tarnish nobody wants on that their scandal. family. Because not yeah. only is it that Stephen is some sort of, I don't know, deviant, but right. so is his wife, which reflects on very him. poorly and on him, family. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think and, that that's, and her family. Mm-hmm, I think that's why it still actually didn't go the way that you kind of fear while you're reading it. Yeah. It's, it's, a saving face means so much. And these are all rather wealthy aristocratic people. Mm-hmm. That means even more to them. Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing stressed me out. So <laughs> I did not like, I want to know, like, what was that lady's MO? She's just like, I want to bang anything that moves. Steve I, just think, I just think she was uh, an adventurous sexual woman. I don't know. I got this like opportunistic vibe from her, but I don't know what she was trying to get out of Steven. Cause it's not like Steven could have protected her. They couldn't have gotten married. I mean, she's, I mean, which, could you marry that. me, Steven? I mean, <laughs> right. She's, she says that, but I do think the allure with her was being wanted, being desired. I think mm-hmm. that was a part of her thing, you know, toying with people, mm-hmm. have people dangling on a string. I just think she was into it. And I think she liked to, Explore her sexuality. But just fine. No, nothing wrong with exploring her sexuality. But I just feel like she had devious, like, I don't know. There was something. 
I think because she was so irresponsible in her behavior, it probably made it feel that way. Maybe. She was very irresponsible she, because she's a risk taker. She's yeah. a da- she she's what I call a dangerous woman. She's, she's a dangerous woman. She does things without really thinking about the implications. I'm a dangerous woman. See oh yeah. Man. Oh yeah. Like it's not wrong with wanting to do those things, but like you know, you're you're playing with fire. I do think it's very interesting to watch like the two major relationships in her life early or, or like her weirdly obsessive crush on the maid Mate, mm-hmm. and then um her obsession with angela and mm-hmm. how just obsessive like she really kind of is and how just uh, steven is loving with her entire being uh, right. these people and then later when we get to mary she's mm-hmm. so much more reserved but still so very afraid mm-hmm. she's, and that's why she's she doesn't been- want to let mary out of her clutches but she's been wounded so badly mm-hmm. up until that point. And we don't see any other infatuations, loves, interests, right. anything between Angela and Mary. Right. So we don't know if there were other dalliances here and there. Ooh, dalliances, mm-hmm. good word. Ooh, I love um, that. Yeah. But when she gets to Mary, like you could feel like they're just like riding along in this ambulance and you know that she's into Mary and yep. you know Mary's into her, but the, it, it's, it's a much slower fall than the other yeah. two, where she just well, plummets I, into. I think one of the differences is that Mary was willing, mm-hmm. right? And there was no Roger, you know? There yeah. were no other distracting factors, really. I'm, Mary just made a decision, you know, yes, I like you too. And mm-hmm. yes, let's, whatever we're doing, let's, let's, let's give it a try. Yeah. And so there was a certain level <clears throat> of um, <sighs> combativeness that, that she didn't have to deal with there there was no fight really to to, to get her they yeah. just kind of decided we we have a thing we're gonna see where this thing goes but i don't think she was very worried of losing mary like she's lost everybody else and then you you know you watch sure. when they get to france and they're living in france and they're kind of stuck mm-hmm. in france uh because they can't live like they do in france at home um and they have this group of other women and people that are like them mm-hmm. and are other like them. Yep. You see how common it is to live sort of in fear. Absolutely. Like you're loving just the same way as other people, but you're just so afraid of the outside world. Oh, yeah. When they go on their little trips to um, all the nightclubs and, mm-hmm. they, and and they take us on a little vignette of all the different nightclubs that you mm-hmm. could go to in 1920s Paris. Mm-hmm. And that's last that last one where everything just seems very sad. Yeah. And the people seem very broken. Mm-hmm. In a way, like their spirits are broken. Yeah. Um, it also gave me like Giovanni's rooms vibes when oh, they were doing that. Yes. When they were in those when they were in Paris, I had major flashes to like Giovanni's room. Yeah. And like yeah. the struggle to be normal mm-hmm. while other. Yeah. Because it's hard, you know, mm-hmm. when you can't really live freely. You know, you're suppressing parts of who you are, suppressing parts of your life. It's hard to live out loud and be in in, in live in secret. You, you just can't do it, mm-hmm. you know, and it makes, I guess if you've been doing it for a long time, it makes 
your existence so sad and so depressing. Mm -hmm. And then I think that's where the feelings of like hopelessness set in because it's like, I can't even live the way I want to live. I really can't be my true self. I'm always hiding, Mm -hmm. you know, dare I go out and just be who I am. Then I have a target on my back. So yeah, and there's some amount. Yeah, there's some amount of numbing that goes on as well. I mean, the drinking and the cocaine use and mm-hmm. all of that. Like, there is. It seems like there was in the story at least mm-hmm. some amount of numbing that these characters needed to just navigate. Yeah, or to maybe feel comfortable enough being outside of their safe spaces, being yeah. themselves. Right, numb you just enough for you to live a little bit more freer a little bit more Mm -hmm. louder than you normally would Mm -hmm. you know just kind of give you the the balls to do it per se you know were you annoyed at steven for some of the ways that she treated mary not just like at the end but just how she sort of shut mary out so that she could single-mindedly try to like help mary and provide for mary but was also keeping mary at a distance you know what I'm, you know what I'm asking? Yeah. I'm asking that right. <laughs> you are. So I had a lot of complicated feelings about Stephen and Mary because while I don't, I don't want to say that Stephen didn't want to help Mary, but I do feel like there was a fear there that if she let Mary out of her sight too much, she may go and find love elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I, so I don't really feel that it was fully just about protecting her, helping her. I think it was just like, if I just keep her under my rap, she won't really have the opportunity to fall in love with anyone else or find anyone else. I think a lot of that had, I felt that. I just feel a lot of her decisions were based upon that fear of losing her. I felt like she was afraid of losing Mary, but not maybe because of specifically, like at least in the beginning of all of this, mm-hmm. I, fearing that she we, he, she would lose her to, to somebody else. I felt like she was just afraid of losing Mary because she's lost like everybody she loves. Um, mm. And I mean, Puddle's the one that's like, if you want to protect Mary, mm-hmm. you have to write, like you have to make this career. You have to provide stability for Mary because Steven's going to be fine. Right. Steven has me. Steven will be fine. Yes. And Steven's fine. But Mary will, her reputation is basically like ruined by this. Mm -hmm. And Mary is the one who has everything on the line. So she has to ensure some security for Mary. And I feel like that turned her into her being Steven, this very, like single-minded person that ended up neglecting some of the relationship part of a relationship. For sure. Two things happening, right? Because also with um, Angela, right? Mm -hmm. Angela was saying the same thing. Like you can't really offer me any protection. Right. Mm -hmm. So that drive to really get this writing done. Yes. That's part of it. But the other part of it is too, if I become this famous writer, then I'll be more respected Mm -hmm. and people will accept more of who I really am. So that's, two things tangled up with her drive to really get this book done and to become uh, an, an accomplished uh, writer. I wonder if there's also an element that like we're kind of missing because of uh, a lack of understanding and like the laws of the time. Mm, probably. There is like 
Stephen is fine, but Stephen's money will never be Mary's. Mm-hmm. But if, I wonder if a Stephen makes her own money. Is that money outside of whatever is like the family's? Does that then become something that she can at least bequest to Mary later um, should anything occur? I don't yeah, I, see. That's, that's what we don't know. Head. Right. Radcliffe Hall, come back from the dead. And, let's, and let us know. Right. Let us know. Also, have you looked Question. up any like pictures and stuff about her? She's no. Like, she seems fun. Like, I feel like we would be friends. <laughs> She's walking around, like, basically her top half is, like, man. I mean, like, right. top hat, ties, severe jackets. Love it. Yeah. Bottom half, skirt, because we already covered what it is to be wear pants. Mm-hmm. I mean, heaven forbid you wear Heavens pants. Heavens forbid. She's always carrying a dog, like, in every picture I see. Oh, that's I'm, so like, funny. We'd be friends. She just seems like <laughs> quite the character, and... um I think she would have been fun to just kind of have in your friend circle. Yeah. I think the conversations would have been very interesting. And very interesting. Dogs. I also yeah. love that the dog got like their own perspective. Yes. The dog was like its own little character in this yeah. story. That shows just how much she loved, loved the mm-hmm. animals. I mean, you could see it throughout this genuine love of animals and this connection yep. to animals over uh, humans, which I think is what happens with many people that feel right. outside. I mean, it happens whether it's because you're neuro, um, you're not, you're, you're not neurotypical, you're uh, queer, whatever, yeah. whatever puts you sort of on the outside of normal normalized human connection i think mm-hmm. often you have this greater connection to other things like absolutely animals. and that came out so much in this story the animals don't judge you the animals don't care they just love you so when she has to put the horse down i was like oh yeah that was sad like i know you had to do it but did you you did did you have to do it probably like, I yeah. couldn't have i can't i that's like if i had given turbo his me- no yeah, I yeah. understood it. My little hands wouldn't have been able to like do it. <laughs> like it's like when you go, it's going to be me and you eye to eye. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I got. I got are, are you putting me down, Naomi? <laughs> no. When I go, you're going to put me down. I mean, you and me eye to eye, Alyssa, eye to eye. <laughs> My last words to you. Talking about the last book you read. <laughs> So do you oh. want to talk about the ending of this remarkable little book here? Cause I, yeah. I feel like that's where, well, cause there's, there's a couple things that like lost some points here for the book. What is the abrupt racist nature parts? Oof. But then yeah. also, cause I just don't think that they were strictly necessary. Even in 1920, I don't really know if you needed to make those certain. Right. Right. References, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you do you boo boo um yeah racist boo boo um <laughs> but, <laughs> i can't undo it now right but, but i feel like that ending was just not the stuff between her and martin and mm-hmm. mary like mm-hmm. i kind of got all of that but this like mm-hmm. weird the final pages with this like weird biblical shouting melodramatic oh, i was the, like what what <laughs> We were, we had been going so well. And then suddenly I was, it felt like a different book. Yes, it did. I had to read it twice. I was like, what are you, what's going on here? Yeah. It was so weird. I did not, I did not enjoy that. It, 
it was not enjoyable and it confused me. And I was like, I don't know. If, I don't even know what to make of this whole statement here. Like, what? why? Why is she having it's like, like a rallying cry? And also, like, I don't know. It was very strange. Why did she suddenly go delusional? I thought she killed herself. Like, at first, I thought she killed herself because she was seeing all these dead people. And I was like, right. Is she dead? Right. Right. And then I was and like, then well, maybe she she's wasn't just dead. so numb to what she, because it's like, you put this in action. And I was like, well, maybe, and like, did she just become so numb? Like, she just kind of zoned out for a minute after like, realizing she like, what she ab- actually just did? An abrupt psychological break? Like, it's like, right. I guess that makes sense, maybe, but like, still, maybe why is she screaming, but he has left us forsaken. Like, it's just so weird. It was, it was, it you was dare very not disown odd. us. <laughs> Right. Right. I don't get it. God, she gasped. We believe. We, we believe. Told you. We believe. We have, we have, we not, have denied. not denied. <laughs> you then rise up and defend us. Acknowledge us. Oh, God, before the whole world, give us all the right of our existence. It like, right, it's like a I big get it. I get cry. it. It's like, your rallying okay. cry for lesbians, but it just right. was the tone was so different, different. out of nowhere. <laughs> That it, it was unsettling a little bit. It was. I was just like, what? And you're right. Like, again, I, I wasn't sure. I was like, did she, did she for, murder her? Did she kill herself? Did she just black out? For a minute, I thought she was dead and the dog was on the bed crying. Like that, that is what I thought was happening. Yep. Yep. It was a, it was a very <laughs> odd ending. <laughs> it was an odd ending. But I mean, there is like a battle cry for for queer it, is. So, it is. It I is. It is. I just don't know if in the most ranty, biblical way. Yes. Very strange. Again, if Radcliffe were still here, this would be. I would like to get like, more information. What, what did you? What did you? What were you trying to get at in that last part of the book? For my little oh, like poking around on background on Radcliffe Hall, I believe she was also kind of um, religious and dealt with a lot of like the struggle was actually something she really struggled with uh, yeah. outside of the book, like in real mm-hmm. time. She, she did struggle with um, marrying her religiosity with her. I mean, it makes sense. Makes sense. I yeah. completely understand that, especially, you know, during that time. I mean, religion plays such a big part in people's lives and. Yeah, that was a part of you being a respectable man or a respectable lady. So yes, I get it. God fearing. Yeah. So let me see your uh, cover. I really like mine. I, I like yours mine. too a lot. There's my camera. I was like, is this puddle on mine? Oh, I wonder. You know, mine's just two little ladies loving each other. Yeah. And a woodcut. I mean, this really was a good, a really, really good book, though. I have lots of things uh, circled and underlined, lots of little notes in here because it's it's a lot to think about. And uh, the relationships were really deep. I mean, I think that it's really, uh, I loved her more than her struggle with being um, a woman loving a woman. I, I kind of loved watching her internal struggle to accept her masculinity Mm-hmm. because I feel like that's not something that I was expecting going into this. Cause I knew it was like, it was like the, the, the lesbian classic. Right. But I didn't know that it dealt so much with like gender and yeah. 
how you feel, where you are on that specter, uh, mm-hmm. specter? spectrum. Mm-hmm. That dope, um, yeah, I got, I got ghosts <laughs> on the brain. Um, <laughs> spectrum. Uh, so I just, I found um, that, that, that was like an interesting find. I didn't realize that she was going to be grappling with all of that as well. Right. And I like that. I liked that that was the discussion. Cause I feel like that is something that's really hard for many people today to understand is that not only do sometimes women want to have sex with other women. Yeah. Sometimes women don't feel like them women. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly and that's right. okay. <laughs> exactly. That's right. And I did just find that part where Puddle was talking to her about basically how she's got to get back to working. She's got to make the world respect her mm-hmm. through her, through her work. But that's how she ensures it being a safe refuge for her and her friend, which, you know, I understand that too. Puddle was great. I really Puddle was fantastic. But I I was also sad for Puddle, you know, because you want these people to just live their lives and to be happy. And, you know, we all need a puddle. We all need a puddle. But we we don't need an Anna. Fuck no. We don't need an Angela. I like the friend Valerie. Yes, Valerie is, I think Valerie, I was reading something, Valerie is actually based off of a real woman, and oh. uh, that's why she's sort of one of the more fleshed out characters. Mm-hmm. Like, on I the liked side. her, yeah. And she is like a good um, foil to Stephen, because she's sort of this, Stephen's uh, a lot more like religious, dark, brooding, sad, mm-hmm. and Valerie is this like pagan who's like, you know, everything's fine. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the life she's I mean she says something um let me see if I can find it in this article I, I read it somewhere oh shoot it's I think she says something along the lines of like the world isn't as dark as it appears to be essentially mm-hmm. um I think that's a really important statement mm-hmm. to say to somebody Absolutely. even when you feel like everything is is crushing down on you it's important to remember that there are good things out yeah there. and you can find pockets of happiness yeah that's that's that's, that's true that's true yeah. yeah i really like this so you know audience Alyssa had talked about this book i want to say two years ago she brought it to me it was mm-hmm. like we need to read this and um so i'm glad we were finally able to make it a tbr lowdown pick this is a phenomenal book i think a really phenomenal. important book i heard um Eric Carl Anderson talking about it. And I oh, was he like, really loves this book. I was like, oh, yeah, he really loves this book. Wait a mm-hmm. minute. <laughs> that yeah. good. So, I mean, it is really fantastic. So it is really, really fantastic. Just be prepared to be like, just sucker punched by some races. Right. And, and just remember what time we're in, you know, where this is, this is not 2022 in this book. It's the 1920s. Yeah. But I've such an important book, I think. So good. Well done, Radcliffe. If, if they were alive today, I'd be trying to get them on this show. That's for damn sure. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, Sir Philip. <laughs> I liked him. He was I really a good did dad. Too. I do he like really people was. have good, supportive parents. Because, like, I feel like... It's so hard to see people struggle with any sort of difference or otherness and then also oh, yeah. have 
just no help at home. That really breaks I know, my heart. It's heartbreaking. Fictional it's heartbreaking. or or reality. It, For sure. It breaks my heart. So For sure. And they had such a lovely relationship. And I just, it was, it was very sweet. Yeah. Everybody needs that in their life. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yes. That was a good so I'm glad conversation. We read that. Me that too. Was a good conversation. I'm Me glad too. we finally read it. Me too. It's good. Anyway. It's great. Do you have a recommendation? Oh boy, do I end of the show? Oh boy, do I? <laughs> I'm in love. <laughs> what do you All have? Right. I was just so, giving books you just finished. It's gonna be one of them. Yes, the one I was just talking about uh, the last mm-hmm. couple of days in our chat. This is a book I was in McKay for one of my you know shopping sprees, and I was like, oh, what is this book? Working for the devil. This is working for the devil by Lilith St. Crow. And this is book one in the Dante Valentine series mm-hmm. um, from Orbit. And God, I don't, man, I had such a good time reading this book. So Dante has been hired to kill this fugitive named Vardamol Santino. Uh, she's been hired by the devil, by Lucifer. Oh, you can't turn him down. <laughs> This is the job you must take or you will die. <laughs> Try. <laughs> so it is her trying to figure out um, how this is going to happen because uh, Dante had um, an interaction with Santino um, a while ago and he tried to kill her. So this is already complicated. She's also got this, what do they call him? It's this demon they call him like he's her demon familiar. Um, he's part of Lucifer's crew. I want a um, demon familiar. Yeah, and so like they're working this, you know, case together, and all kind of things unfold. And I don't want to tell what it is because I think that it's a big part of the story. And I this is going to like continue throughout the series. But man, when I tell you, I think I have like a new girl crush on an assassin and her name is Dante Valentine. I'm telling you, this was so fun. Also, this has an audiobook like no other. Okay. It's not like your regular audiobook. It's mm-hmm. like a movie for your ears. I've heard her say this like 17 times in the last day. Seriously, <laughs> it's not like chapter one. No, it's like a movie. Like it's a full on cast, sound effects. Like it's the whole thing. It's a whole production. And it is amazing. It's amazing. Do they use dialogue tags? Or do they not say the dialogue tags? Yes, they do. They it's say amazing. them. I was going to say, because it sounds like Dune, because like in Dune, they don't use the dialogue text. They read it to you like it's a script. So it doesn't say like, blah, 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 he said. It's just like, blah, 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 blah. And then the next person comes in and it's like, blah, 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 Oh, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Let me think. I feel like it goes in and out, but it's so smooth. Mm-hmm. And so in that case, I tried to read along, but it's actually hard to read along to that kind of a production. Mm-hmm. So I ended up just listening to it and it's just, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And the ending was amazing. And the setup for book two was amazing, which I've already started book two. And this is just, just a jewel. I never heard of this author, never heard of the series. I just saw it in McKay and picked it up. 
I love how happy this makes you. Well, let me tell you what may be even happier, right? So then I go to Goodreads and I click on the author name. Does she have a crap ton of other series? Yes, she does. She's I'm getting ready to folks. be in Lilith St. Crow world. I'm here for it. It was so fun. I feel like we both need to get on the orbit list. <laughs> for real. So anyway, like I get random books from orbit, but I'm not like on the list. That's Working for the Devil. This is book one in the Dante Valentine series by Lilith St. Crow. Yes, I need to get on Orbit's list. I have a lot of Orbit books. We both do. I definitely mm-hmm. have more to Orbit. We both have a lot of Orbit books. Yeah. Uh, I, because it's spooky season and we are live and deep in the deep in the spooky mm-hmm. times. I'm going to give you a Junji though, because I've been talking Ooh. about, I've been talking about manga with the new, pe- the new person at work a lot. So it's, it's on my Do they read it too? Yes, they did when they were kids. Oh. So. so now we have, yeah, anyway, uh, I can dork out at work. So Gaio is the one I'm picking for you for Spooky Season. Because this is one about the fish people or the fish oh. things that come up on land. And there's just oh. like this weird smell that's like everywhere. And then people get like infected and it Yikes. ravages Japan. And Yikes. it's linked to some like military um experiments back from world war ii and it's oh these it's, images are fantastic it's just grotesque and wonderful and weird and every ma'am every time <laughs> she's having a moment every time like they talk about like the smell i just <laughs> i just do you gag old, a little like i hear that old song in my head um Oh, that like, what's that smell? Like, is it witchy woman? Oh, oh, wait a minute. You know, you know what I'm oh, talking my, about? It's right there. Yeah. It's right. Uh, but anyway, so that's all yeah. I think about is that. But then like, I mean, just think about how terrifying it is for like sharks to grow mechanical legs and end up that's on insane. the land. That's crazy. That's terrifying. That's it's absolutely so terrifying. Oh my gosh. And I just, I love Junji Ito because like, the stories are so wild that you just kind of suspend your disbelief and go with it. Like you are just like, yeah, all right. This is fish, 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 same fish, thing. Fish, suspend like, all the disbelief. Yeah. Go. Sometimes you can't. Cause like, I feel like sometimes with horror and stuff, they just, I don't know. Some, there's something that's going on that it just doesn't allow me to disconnect, but these mm. are just so outrageous that you're like, all right, yeah. show me what you got yeah sharks on land let's you go. are living your best manga life that's what i'm I am. Say. You are just all up in the zone there i know i'm loving myself yeah <laughs> i just finished but- one yesterday too that was like that gave me like i i, I think it's gonna give me den of vipers vibes oh but like vampire den of vipers vibes because there are smutty manga there oh yeah there is because what's that one um dicks everywhere what is it um <laughs> What's the name of it? The people talk about it all the time. It's I don't know. Come to but, me later. But at some point, I'm gonna have to go down the smut manga road. So. Yeah. Now, when we were at McKay last, did you look in the manga section? I don't remember if you. Yeah, did or but not. I didn't like. I was looking for Tome, and I don't think they had it. Okay. Um, what is the section large? Because I never go down that aisle, so I don't it's know. Like one row of stuff. Okay. And I think it's pretty. I don't know. It, it might be. It might be uh Is that it? I think that's it. Dick Fight Island. All right, I'm gonna have to try to find that. 
that's the one. Thank you. I I think with manga, especially used manga, it's really going to be like hit or miss on what you can um, find. Okay. Because you got to ma- remember, there's like so many volumes. So yeah, yeah. So and I wasn't really like as deep into different series when we yeah. Left. So now, now. I am. So. Well, just be prepared for the next time you visit me, right? We're still going to go to McKay. We're still going to go to McKay. However, we're going to venture to Baltimore, Maryland. You've never taken me for to this Because I don't go there. That is like <laughs> almost two hours away from me. But there's a bookstore there that kind of looks amazing. Okay. And it has Naomi and Alyssa Written all written over all it. Over it. Now, I don't, it's, it's a used bookstore, but you know, is it like McKay used bookstore prices? I don't know, but I think it's worth the adventure. I'm looking this so, up, by the way. Be prepared um, for that. Big Fight Island is a Japanese manga comic created by Bobbity 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 Bob. We're going to have to find this. Her, her wheels are churning, they're churning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we need to plan a visit because I have so many books that need yeah. to go to McKay. And I still yeah. have like $30 in credit from the last time I saw. Me too. I think I have like $40 in store credit. So um, yeah, because I, when I went the other week, I think I, I think I traded in like 70 books. Like I it was a I lot. I traded in so many. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. So but yeah, be ready for our, this will be our springtime adventure. <laughs> yes, we had to pick a time to go down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so it's October. Our read for this month for the book club is There, There by Tommy Orange, which I'm going to be mm-hmm. starting this evening after Caleb and I go down our rabbit hole of watching The Flash on Netflix. Um, and yeah, I'm excited about that read. That's another book we've talked about for quite mm-hmm. a while. So we're happy to have that be our October read. For yeah, I'm very curious about it. I know it's got a mm-hmm. lot of um good reviews so yeah very curious yeah. to read that one very much so yes yeah. all right well this was a fantastic conversation it was a great book of course it was a fantastic conversation indeed it was indeed it was all right Amen. thanks for tuning in folks we're out of here bye, bye. well we've come to the end of the show thanks so much for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode We kindly ask that you go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our show and leave a review. That would help us out tremendously. Don't forget to follow TBR Lowdown on Instagram at TBR Lowdown and visit our website for show notes, the link to join our Discord book club, and other information at TBRLowdown.com. You can follow me, Naomi, on Instagram at BookLadyReads and follow Alyssa on Instagram at NerdyNurseReads. Thanks again for listening and for your support. Until next time.